I think I have seen my nightmares for the week, Mark. Uh, at what point during the week did you see your nightmares? Was it today? It was, it was just today. Just today I found out what I'm going to be stress dreaming about all week. Uh, um, did you go looking for it or did it just... <laughs> mm, that's a good question. So I was, you know, as you do, Googling and looking at stories of people being trapped mm-hmm. in places. And this kind of came up because earlier in the week you had said something about, like, the world feeling very small right yes. now. You're yes. you're in actual yeah. lockdown. I feel like I'm a de facto lockdown. lockdown. And so I've, it's been in my head, this idea of, like, kind of being trapped in your mm. own space. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll... I'll expand on that really briefly i mean you know uh, people are fond of saying that uh connectivity and video conferencing and uh the fact that you know everyone is 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 part of a uh, the network ubiquitous connection all the time has made the world uh uh you know a smaller place you don't have to write a letter necessarily you don't have to fucking dial up to get somebody on a on a, on a video chat but <laughs> lockdown has shrank that that your physical world right down. Yeah. My physical world right now is waking up, going to the kitchen, going to the office upstairs to work, coming back down, going to sleep. That's my fucking physical experience right, right now. And it's driving me fucking bonkers. Yeah, exactly. I think I never really considered like on a conscious level, the degree to which that physical Mm. space is Mm. necessary. And even in, I mean, during quarantine, when I lived in California, I was in a tiny apartment. Um, And now I'm in a much bigger space. I've got a yard. There's places I can walk and go. I went and sat in a park earlier today. Mm. Um, But having, I think there's this foreboding in going anywhere too. Sorry, there's a bug in my face. Uh, Of like feeling like everything is a danger to you and everyone is somehow a danger to you. That makes it so even anytime you do leave your space, even if you're not going to be around people yeah. every it's this looming danger yeah yeah well, the, the the guidance over here is essential travel only so whenever you cross the right. fucking threshold of your home is this essential could i get yeah. by without this am i am i <laughs> fucking up is it me exactly um, yeah am i the am i the vector here like mm. it is it's just this very strange feeling of being trapped well not necessarily being completely restricted Mm. Um, there's just like a looming threat that we can't see and that keeps us in our space and it does it's you know your entire your entire world yeah right now is is your home yeah uh, there's 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 a weird feeling it is i mean uh, this is a perfect example of of what i was speaking about earlier on i mean you're in new jersey Mm -hmm. and i'm in fucking bista and and it takes us no yep. time at all to connect and to speak, but right. but the physical sphere of our existence, as opposed to the you know the connected sphere of our existence, yep. is tiny in comparison yep. to how it was a year ago. Yeah, exactly. That should make us feel like we are you know we have the world at our hands, mm-hmm. uh, and yet instead it, it somehow yeah it's it's shrunk so much around us. More connected so, yet more isolated than we've ever been. Exactly, exactly that. So. 
you know, as all of this has sort of been rattling around my brain, I started thinking about people actually being physically trapped, mm. um, which then led me to this cracked article, which it's been a while since I've I've been down a cracked spiral. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever done that? Uh, I know of the cracked. cracked yeah, yeah, of course. And every article, of course, has a link at the bottom to take you somewhere tangentially related. Mm-hmm. And before you fucking know it, you're you, oh, where man. you are right now. Yeah. <laughs> where you are this is i mean when i earlier internet days you know college things like that when you didn't have all the social media mm-hmm. and the you know everything the youtubes and the streaming yeah. tvs and all yeah. that stuff yeah, yeah yeah cracked was what i did with myself i would just like sit there that you know i've talked before about how in high school it was crimelibrary.com and i would sit there and just read about serial killers and stuff mm. like that forever and cracked was where i would find myself uh, later on and just read these things forever and so today I stumbled upon one that was about like it was like five stories of people being trapped and the first one um, is just I mean they're all heinous all of these stories but the first one that was on this list was this fella who was trapped in an elevator right which mm-hmm. is not a an unheard of story um, happened to me I'm sure it's happened to you yes Oh, it has, oh. and I am extremely, very, oh, very scared of elevators. <laughs> so, I mean, I will, like, we'll be in the 14th floor of a hotel, and I'm like, I can walk it. We're totally fine. You know, mm. it may take me 15 minutes to do it, but I will get up mm. those stairs instead of taking that uh, elevator. I, I avoid them as much as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this right here is why and everything every detail of this story is horrifying so this guy gets trapped in an elevator his name is nicholas white mm-hmm. it's 1999 so you know okay. we're not talking really the era of ubiquitous cell phones right so he doesn't have that he goes down he's in the mcgraw hill building in new york city and he goes to take a cigarette break and I guess in the building, they have an express elevator, okay. and it skips floors 1 through 39 and picks up again at 40. Uh, so he's outside, and he is going to get to his 43rd floor office. So he's going up in this elevator, uh, and it stops. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, that sucks. He, he hits the alarm. He waits. Nobody's nobody's coming. Uh, there's no emergency phone in mm, there. Okay. Uh, there's like nothing in this box at all. So all he has with him is like his wallet um, and his cigarettes, and he's just in this uh, this elevator. And he's he's waiting. He's waiting. It's getting you know to have been a long time that he's been in here. And so as I think probably any one of us would do, he decides to try to pry the door open. Right and figures, I'm gonna climb down or something yeah. like that is going to happen. What do you think he saw when he opened up that door, Mark? Oh Jesus! Um, either maybe a brick wall, the the brick wall of the elevator shaft, or maybe the bottom of a doorway, maybe the bottom of of the exit, so he could kind of shimmy up. I have no clue. I have no clue. Concrete wall with the number thirteen. Son of a He's bitch! He's stuck at the thirteenth floor. And because this is an express elevator, mm. there's no doors. It's just a big concrete shaft. And mm. so he's not even near the top or near the bottom of this. He is just like 13 floors up with nothing but this concrete wall in front of him. I 
would be sobbing You'd be a mess, at this point. You? I would yeah, be yeah. an absolute disaster. And I always like I try to talk myself out of panicking in things yeah. like this. Um I always find if I have someone with me who I feel like is weaker and I need to protect, <laughs> I can like you talk step up. myself off <laughs> yeah, the ledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But if it were just me, mm. fuck Mark. So concrete wall, he's like, shit, here. He's hitting this button, hitting this button, hitting this button uh, to make noise and waiting for someone to come and rescue him. And this is not happening. So he time passes more day turns to night he is sleeping in this elevator there is nowhere to go um he a couple times he pries the door open uh and just like pees down the elevator shaft nice uh, nice which nice, is yeah. very smart yeah yeah completely completely i would have gone in the corner <laughs> yeah because that's what and then you just have to be like sitting there in it yeah. and be like oh <laughs> Um, so that was actually very smart of him. This guy maintains his cool better than I could possibly imagine. Um, what does this guy do? What's his what's his kind of his role in life? Do we know? I'm actually not entirely sure what his job was. I don't know if the okay. article said all it says is that he worked in the McGraw Hill building. Mm-hmm. I mean McGraw Hill is it's like a textbook company, I think. Um but I don't know what he did there. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, and so he, you know, is there overnight. He tries eventually to like push the grate out that's at the top. Usually there's yes. like a hatch. Yes. Right. Um, or at least that's what, you know, movies have led me to believe. Yeah, exactly. That you could Honestly, shimmy yeah, up. I've never, yeah. I've never really looked. I think it, usually it does look like there's paneling or something of that. Yeah. Like some kind of, of great, some kind of crisscross kind of grating right. that you could push up. That That's what yeah. I would expect if, mm-hmm. if every single movie or tv show that has this exact situation about what's yeah 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 yeah. what those movies and television shows don't have you expect is that there was one but it was locked (sighs) which seems pointless yeah yeah well except i think they're not there for you to climb out of if you get stuck in an elevator i don't think they want you to climb out of the top of it that's like a huge liability if you're just like on it what if it starts and then yeah 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 you know so he couldn't get out of that. He stays, he sleeps some more in this uh, this elevator shaft, um, and it ends up being that he is in there for 41 hours. Oh, man. And he, he said he tried to keep, like, the alarm going as much as possible, but the sound of the alarm was giving him auditory hallucinations. Christ. So, like, even the thing that was supposed to help him was actually yeah, sure. driving him insane Tripping him out. there. So, no food, no water, the alarm is causing you to trip balls, uh, <laughs> and you're peeing down the elevator <laughs> shaft. You might ask, wait a minute, don't elevators have cameras in them yeah yeah yeah, yeah well yeah. yes mark they do they do have cameras in them there was a security camera on him the whole time that this was happening and just the security people never looked at it uh and so he's in here and you can now so on youtube you can watch this the bank of the four elevators you know oh, the footage is on youtube you can see him the footage is on youtube it's uh, it's like elevator 29, 30, 31, 32 or something like that. And he's in the mm-hmm. upper right corner. You can see people like doing maintenance on the other elevators and things like that. And this poor guy in here, you can watch him panicking. You can watch him pulling the doors open, trying to climb out the grate, all this kind of stuff the whole time, sleeping, just like tossing, turning the whole thing. And finally, after 41 hours, someone looked at the footage. Oh, shit. Yeah. And they, no, not even, they didn't even, oh shit. They went, 
is there a homeless person sleeping in there? <laughs> and so they used the intercom that's yeah. in the elevator and they called in and they were like, hey, are you a homeless person sleeping in the elevator? <laughs> and the guy like held his credentials up to the camera and they were like, oh, okay, so we'll send someone down for you. On top of all of this, they were so inept that when the door opened and he ran out, he realized they weren't even at the right elevator. They were down at another one oh, down the man. hallway, <laughs> like straight up. Just it, it could have been fine if someone had just done their job and looked at that screen. He would have been out of there, you know, maybe in an hour, maybe in a couple hours. It would have been a, a sad story or like a funny story at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Instead, yeah, yeah. this guy was like traumatized. I don't know if he quit his job or lost. I mean, he must have quit uh, and tried to sue the place and was eventually like penniless and destitute and homeless. Afterwards. I'm certain, you know, there's a fucking suit there, surely. I'm certain yeah. that, that yeah. you know, he eventually won some form of suit, um, mm. but it's one with an NDA. So uh, we will never hear exactly what happened ah man and and ineptitude is at the core of that poor guy's trauma absolute ineptitude um uh, on a nowhere near the scale of the, of the trauma that this guy suffered right yeah. but one time my brother-in-law and i were at a theme park with our with our families right me and laura and the kids and then uh, dan and charlie and whatever went to a theme park and dan and i uh, have you ever been on a ride and it's frozen mm-hmm. yes right yep fucking Oh, it, it happens often enough that you kind of think, ah, I'm sure it'll start any moment now. So um, it, it wasn't a particularly kind of shit scary ride. We weren't stuck upside down or anything like that, but we froze. And a couple of minutes went by and we were like, Ugh. And we crane over the side of the car that we're in and we've got a line of sight down into the booth, right? Down into the kiosk. <laughs> <laughs> and we watched the two of us in kind of almost this threshold between horror and amusement at the two people in the boot with like a laminated booklet (laughs) (laughs) just flipping through this book going no fucking uh, no no pointing at the book what the fuck um, and they, they, they hit some buttons that we get moving, but we saw, you know, that ineptitude the and it was process. kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was two fucking yeah, right. kids. They're teenagers, right? No fucking no. We could, all, we could practically hear them talking. What the fucking, you, you shouldn't have fucking, you pressed it. Um, like looking like those two, like, um, crows or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. But no, um, not, not on the scale that this, it, does, is this guy still alive? Is he, has he ever spoken and, and, oh, well, well, he he's NDA'd. He yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Yeah, he's NDA'd about it. But as, there's nothing to tell me that this, this fella has died, but certainly a super traumatic experience. It's a common trope, isn't it? The kind of the trapped, uh, trope, trapped movies, trapped fucking. Absolutely. Ugh. Horrible, yeah. horrible, because, horrible I stuff. mean, I think it's a fear that a lot of us yes. have, like beyond, you know, there's most phobias, you know, are are hyper specific or, you know, they're like being afraid of spiders. Like mm. a lot of people are afraid of spiders, but a lot of people aren't or like, yes. you know, things yep, like yep, that. Yep. Being trapped feels a little bit universal. Like what oh, kind yeah. of... <laughs> No unless one you have like a, enjoys a it, thing that you... <laughs> yeah, unless you enjoy. <laughs> unless you're into it, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, unless you're into it. Nobody wants to be trapped and like powerless like that to do anything about their situation, which I think is why it's so effective Mm. when you put it in like a movie or a story or something like that. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. Don't ask me where in the world this comes from, but I'm pretty sure that early coffins or early crypts 
uh, had like a, an alarm system. Like a little bell. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly mm-hmm. that. Exactly that. In case the interred would wake up. Hey, what wake the up. fuck? I'm not yeah. even dead. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> um, it's a step past the like the wake, you know, yes. where you just want to have a party and make sure that the person's fully dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, just in case you put a little something in there and yeah. they can give it a little <laughs> ring. Yeah, buried My alive, God. man. Ugh, no, buried alive. No, thank you. I shall pass. I just, I don't know. It's one of those ones that it's, of course, never going to happen to you, right? Like you're never going to get I'm buried pretty sure alive if you unless were a to... serial killer comes for you. Does well, that. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm, 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 I'm also pretty sure that, that it probably happens way more than you might think. If you just don't Google it, because, yeah. <laughs> Fully 7% of burials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, botched, botched burials. Botched burials. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't want to think so, about it. That'd be that's cool. actually brought back a very old memory, which might even be a memory of a memory of something I saw on TV as a kid. And okay. I believe it was Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Is that ringing mm. bells? The show, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna try and reconstruct this plot from the memory of a memory, right? And I would have been literally oh maybe four this. or five, right? Here we go. It was in a a prison, right? Okay. And I want to say a woman's prison because they were all women. Um, <laughs> then yes, mem- I would go so far as to say probably right? a women's prison. I'm gonna say it was a woman's prison, and uh, there's our protagonist is in prison and has hatched a plan to escape, right? She befriends, this prison has a funeral director, right? A chaplain and a whole fucking funeral sure. area. I don't even know if that, if if that's commonplace. And the funeral okay. director is blind? Boy, okay. uh, right, she befriends him. I feel like him. I see where this is going, but yeah, go on. She befriends the funeral guy. <laughs> that's his title. Uh, <laughs> and hatches a plan... To escape, and uh, they have like a bell, right? Like a death bell, like a funeral bell, dong, and that's when you know somebody has died. Again, I'm reconstructing this from some <laughs> scant threads of memory. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe she's blackmailing him, okay. um, and he agrees to smuggle her out of the prison in a coffin, right? The next time the death bell rings. Okay. So it does, right? And the big day comes, dong, and the death bell rings. Oh, no. So. Mm-hmm. Um, she climbs into the coffin and, uh, you know, she hears kind of dirt being shoveled on this coffin and she goes through the, the, the funeral process. And the agreement that she has with the funeral guy is that on the outside, he's got a contact or maybe she has like a criminal contact who's going to come outside and dig her up afterwards, right? Mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. And, this, and, and she's in the coffin and she's like, I just want to take a little look here. And she strikes a match and she turns around and who's in the coffin next to her? It's oh, the no. funeral guy, mate. The chaplain <gasps> is the guy who's died and is buried with her. And the oh. episode, yeah, I know, I know, sting in the tail. And the episode ends with like a slow zoom out onto this fresh grave and her screams underground, cut to black. <gasps> Dude. Now, I'm going to Google that after this episode, right? And yeah. if that goes down anything like I've described it, I am some kind of Rain Man fucking total recall <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Because I think I've done a really good job of piecing that together, considering it's like a 35-year-old memory. Yeah, and and you know what? If your pieces were wrong, it was effective nonetheless. <laughs> Thank <laughs> so, you. We'll add that, that to the nightmare tonight. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Enjoy. Gets Enjoy. Out, out of the elevator <laughs> into the coffin. Um, I think that might be my horror fetish, in fact. My favorite genre of horror movie is Boats. Oh, I found a feather in my garden today. Must have been an angel. I almost punched a little kid at Kamikaze who was dressed as a zombie because it scared the shit out of me. Corey, exactly. movies are too goddamn long, right? One hour and 28 minutes is a perfect movie. This is, this is it. This is for me now. I'm like, oh, this is, I'm, I'm fucking in. Jack of all graves. Do, uh, uh, do you know what I've been thinking? Do we need a theme tune? What do you mean, do we need a theme tune? I was thinking we should get... Mark. I mean, we're... <laughs> what? We're 12 episodes in. Let's get a theme tune. We have a theme tune. Oh, we... we... <laughs> do we? <laughs> we have had a theme tune since episode one. Well, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Scare me. 2020. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um yeah, we have a theme song. I'll play it for you sometime. No. <laughs> I really must stop talking about our cast cuz I just <laughs> every no single time. No talking about time. the podcast till you've listened to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, uh, you've all just heard the theme song, so yeah. hi, welcome to <laughs> this episode of Jack of All Graves, a podcast that has never been listened to by Mark Lewis. Look, I'm on it, mate. I don't need to listen to it. I'm living it. <laughs> hey, look, we're both wearing ghosts. Yay, amazing. Uh, I got the band. Are, are yours related to the band or? No, they're just ghosts. Very they nice. glow in the dark. Uh, that's the Jack of All Graves synchronicity going on. We didn't plan that out, did we? We didn't we plan did our wardrobes. We did not plan that at all. <laughs> in fact no i was wearing something completely different till right before this and then i was like oh this is uncomfortable and changed into the ghosts so i feel great about that uh this week mark or the past two weeks or something like that mark has gotten me very into ghost mm. um so it's only a matter of time before i appear before we, in ghost yeah, swag and we yeah um, unintentionally match you're one of about 60 people who i've converted to ghost to to hear them is to love them uh Unless you're my friend Sam, who I tried and had no uh, time for them. Hi, Sam, by the way. Unmoved, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Sad uh, to hear that. Know. Very sad to hear that. Because a wise they're... man once told me that it would be a boring world if we all liked the same stuff. It's true. Mm -hmm. It's a very good point. Um, but yes, they're delightful, and that's my obsession this week. That's my, my ADHD fixation is <laughs> ghost, and so now I have seen all the ghost things and listened to all the ghost things and, and very deep deep down that rabbit hole so if anyone else is looking for a rabbit hole right now ghost is an excellent yeah. choice um yeah. i'm they gonna tick, help mark they take a lot <laughs> of boxes for me um yeah. I, I i enjoy kind of theatricality in my music and kind mm -hmm. of law and you know huge production and, and big stupid tunes i love them to bits yeah yeah with lots of lots of satanic imagery and uh, whatnot or you know played 100% for fun and for yeah uh yeah, again for the delightful. for the theater of it all it's great yeah it's wonderful so anyways besides that this week uh, i have to say someone um responded to me about last week's episode oh, when yeah. we talked about cannibalism i mean mm. a lot of people have <laughs> talked yeah. to me about the cannibal e episode um but someone actually had an answer sort of to a question that we had in that episode i asked you at one point if you know we were talking about pre-humans we were talking about early humans mm, yeah. um, and about their penchant for eating other humans uh and not necessarily out of starvation 
Mm-hmm. And so I asked if there were other animals that kind of ate each other for funsies, mm-hmm. um, that this occurred naturally in Animal Kingdom. And my friend Eileen actually brought up something that I have had experience with personally. She said, uh, listening to your cannibalism episode, I bred mice for research for a good decade, and they are notorious for eating their own young after birthing uh, them, okay. which I think a lot of people know. Like, you, yeah. you've, yeah, yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah. rodents and stuff like that do that. I remember uh, I even we had gerbils term. that did that. Infantophagia, I believe, is what that refers to. Yep, munching Gross. on your own kids. Mm, I wish you'd stop saying munch. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, not all mice, but it is pretty common. They will also eat another mouse in the cage if one dies and you don't find it immediately. They particularly seem to like brains. So, Ooh. when I was in high school, I made a comment about how cute mice were or something like that. You know, mm. I like I like creatures. I like anything fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an offhanded comment. Mm. And for it happened to be like a week before my birthday when I said it. Mm. And so my parents bought me mice for my birthday. Right. And they caused me no end of just headache the entire time that I had them. Uh, their names were Blindside, Bremerton, and Stubby Nermal. And they would escape their cage, like, constantly. And so I'd literally wake up in the middle of the night with mice crawling over me um, and have to, like, try to, like, chase them down, like, Uh. off my body and my bed and whatnot and put them back into their cage. Mm. They were just, like, a a giant pain in the ass. They'd run on their little wheel in the middle of the night. Like, I didn't sleep. And I'm in high school. It's difficult. Wankers. Anyway, uh, I believe um, Bremerton had gotten an infection and so I had to like like give him shots every day. It's like this is like a three dollar mouse that I am now giving <laughs> shots every single day. A mouse that I did not even want, but of course I'm not gonna just let an animal die. So I was doing that. But eventually the infection got the best of him. He died. Um I believe Blindside maybe caught the same infection or something like that. Somehow Blindside died. Right. And I woke up in the morning to the headless corpse of Blindside in the cage. And I was like, "Did what has happened here? I was like, did nature nature happened? I thought Stubby murdered him. I was Mm. like, Stubby Nermal has like straight up killed this mouse Mm. and like decapitated it. Um, And so I remember just walking, like I managed to get it into a jar and I was walking through the living room and my mom was like, what's going on? And I was like, um, Stubby ate Blindside's head? I don't know. And I I just went and like buried it in the backyard. Mm. But all that to say, I had no idea until this message from Eileen that apparently it's because like mice are wicked into eating brains. So if you don't get to the corpse of your dead pet fast enough, mm. They're gonna go get why that, the brain. I wonder why the brain. Gray matter. Was it Eileen? Did you say Eileen? Yeah. Eileen, why the brains? Why do mice particularly go in on the brains? Um, I know that guinea pigs are quite famed for doing it as well. I think yep, somebody yep, told yep. me once that if you yeah. startle an, uh, a, a new guinea pig mother when she's just had kids, if you if you subject them to kind of a shock or trauma, they'll yeah. and just uh, eat. Just I tried not to say munch. I almost stressy. went with munch. They're, yeah, they're, it's just they're, they're, stress oh god, I'm baby. so stressed out. And they will eat their eat their young. Uh, <laughs> yikes! That very is, much so. That very makes much me yikes. feel better about just like shoving Oreos in my mouth when I'm stressed. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> it could be worse. Yeah, <laughs> I've never eaten a baby. 
So there's that. Hey, come on, never say never. Um, so thank you, thank you for that, Eileen. Also, uh, after our podcast, as always, you had said a cannibal movie that you liked uh, was Parents. Yes. And while you couldn't find it mm. in the UK, easily accessible to me here on oh, Amazon good. Prime. So I watched it, and Enjoy man, it. that movie goes hard. Yes, I was not expecting it. Mm. I was not expecting it for. I was like directed by Bob Balaban. Well, this is going to be a charming little romp. It's mm. not a charming little romp, but it's great. I seem to remember it uh, dipping into the surreal from time to time and kind of going, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit Lynchian maybe in parts. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. So uh, I would echo the recommendation from last week of parents. If you if you were one of the people who couldn't get enough cannibalism last week, (laughs) uh, then go with that. If you're one of the people who has been begging me to stop talking about eating people. Yeah. um, Maybe don't don't watch that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well Uh, done for watching a recommendation of mine you you, you you're so do. good at it you do not even with <laughs> just with movies either with music with books you're like yeah yeah mark likes it i'll yeah. have a go whereas it's like my you know how there's like uh you might not know this it seems like a very christian thing that like the like five love languages or whatever you know and there's like supposed to be different ways that everyone like expresses love so you can understand your friends and your spouse and all this stuff better by understanding like how they express and receive love okay. um you know, I guess they're like fine or whatever, but I usually just make up my own love languages and mine are sharing food and sharing interests. So whenever my friends want to either share their food or their interests with me, I'm like, I shall take it and run with it. So there you go. If you recommend things to me, I'm very likely to. to Please don't interpret my reluctance to do that as the opposite. I'm not kind of... Rejecting Mark, on the other hand, does not give a shit about me. So not <laughs> that's not it's not the anything. case. It's it's more you know just I don't know. Look, it, it, don't don't read into it. There's nothing, yeah, I'm not there's gonna nothing, I'm not gonna psychoanalyze to that. Uh, but this is uh, my sharing is caring is my my thing. Uh, so, trait. anyways, uh, <laughs> today on the podcast, uh, we are going to talk a bit about uh, well this. We'll get into why, but we're going to talk about uh, murderers mm. who have willingly told us about why they murder. Um, yeah. So it's guaranteed to not exactly be a, a, a fun time, if you will, uh, but should be pretty interesting. I know Mark's been delving deep into this, but also as sort of a palate cleanser um, after we talk about that, we're going to have my dear friend Leanne uh, chat with us about what it was like to watch Scream for the first time as we continue our series of horror noobs uh, experiencing the horror classics. So, mm. you know, if you're you're listening and you're stressed out by thinking about the weird shit that serial killers think, rest assured there will be a little levity from Leanne at the end of the episode. Yes, um, I'm, I'm really enjoying uh, this this kind of semi-regular feature that we're doing where we get yeah. kind of... Uh, non-horror fans to dip their toes in and to see what I, I I don't think we've quite converted anyone yet. I don't think we've made any lifers yet. No, I think I think as you'll as people see in the conversation with Leanne, I think she's a little bit on the cusp of in, um, but mm. her husband has a lot to do with that as well. We just sort of helped her along on, on yep. this journey. Um, Kristen was definitely not in, um, and Mia. She's on the journey. She's willing she to get there. She is on the there. journey. She is. She's coming along with us, and that's nice. Yeah. 
yeah so i feel i feel pretty okay about this and we'll see we'll have other people uh on as well my friend duncan uh offered to be a part uh, of this because i didn't realize this but they did not watch horror movies in his house growing up and he hasn't seen much of any so i think that should be fun do i follow your friend duncan on on the tweets he's he's your probably yeah. he's a big wrestling yeah. fan isn't he yep that's the one yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a delightful guy who I've known <laughs> almost my entire life. Uh, so, yeah, he, he'll he be very fun. He likes wrestling and he likes Trek. Yes. Yep. That's the guy. So okay. I think we're going to have we're going to have a fun time with him. Also, I believe, mm-hmm. was it Sam who, who volunteered? Yeah. 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 I'll or, reach out. I don't know that he volunteered. I think I said you did. I would you, like you, you to do this. <laughs> you, you did. Um, <laughs> but he'll be excellent value. I'll reach out to him and we'll get something uh, arranged. Yes, so. So we'll have a, f- a few more of those. I've been getting good feedback from other people who seem to really like hearing other people uh, watch these as well. So good, yeah. But first, Mark. So let's uh, let's get into it. Remember, we, we spoke about our our boy Armin Muse last week, right? And mm-hmm. when you listen to the kinds of things he had to say after the episode, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah. You get a definite sense from that guy of, you know, like when when uh, Thanos wipes out half of humanity and goes and sits in his fucking garden and eats soup right. after yeah. a job well done. I got that kind of <laughs> sense from Armin. He was mm. like, and now I rest. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that got me thinking... You know, fixation is the wrong word, but as <laughs> as you alluded to on, on Twitter a couple of days back, I think about death a lot. Mm-hmm. And yep. I guess a a side effect of that is I kind of think about killing a little bit as well. Not, not from, oh man, do I ever want to do that kind of point of view? Absolutely right. not. But it's, it's one of those branches of, of the mindset, I guess. And it kind of made yeah. me think, all right, so Armin got rumbled and spoke about it. Are there are there you know are there are there killers of note who've done the same thing who have given into their base urge who have have crossed that line and gone on to talk about the experience gone on to talk about what the effect was on them Um, and what do you know there's fucking loads. (laughs) (laughs) And we had briefly talked to the other day. I think um, you know you had a bit of a rant about. about the sort of chicken shit ones who don't do that, who like try well, to come up with an excuse after the fact, like you're, yeah. you know, I mean, Ted Bundy this... blaming porn and you know, oh, things like pathetic that. Pathetic you know? Ted, yeah. you know, literally yeah. hours before you go to the fucking chair. Was it the chair he had or injection? Either way, hours before your death, and you're still trying to pin it on fucking society right. and on porn. I had a normal, I had a normal childhood, but it was the porn. Mm, it was, okay. it was the porn. Yeah. What? This is quite timely. I mean, this week uh, in the UK, Peter Sutcliffe died, right? The Yorkshire Ripper, um, you know, uh, who would be mourned by no one. Horrible piece of shit guy. Um, And that got me thinking, man. Uh, Again, Sam, third fucking shout out in in one episode. Uh, (laughs) Sam's in our heads today. He really is. He made the point that that Sutcliffe, I guess, is, is one of Britain's last quote-unquote big names in 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 mm. murder you know there is there are others one of which is ian huntley right mm-hmm. and i don't know if he um 
made the news or impacted culture over there. But we're talking back in the early noughties, this guy was responsible. He was a school caretaker who was responsible for killing two young girls, right? Two sisters. Sorry, we um, just we don't use the term noughties here. And so it took me oh, a second to not? figure out when this happened. I was like, sorry. The, what, do you, yeah. what, do you, what do you call the, the period of time between 2000 and the, 2009? Then? The 2000s. It's the noughties, mate. <laughs> I only know what it, I, like, it took me a second. The only reason I even knew what it was is because of Big Fat Quiz. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, one of those. Okay. But anyways, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. It was just my brain was, like, turning and I wasn't listening to you anymore. It's fine. So. I, I get okay. that a lot. Um, so in- <laughs> but, but what he then went on to do, right, after getting rumbled for this fucking horrific crime, which... You know, when the, the, the week or so, the couple of weeks that, that it was ongoing and the search for these girls was going on, it was all over the fuck. It was everywhere. Every time you turned on a TV or radio or opened a paper. And this guy gave interviews to the news channels. He gave interviews to the press. Um, and then after being caught, he gave the most, the flimsiest, most piss-weak, fucking Weasley defence. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, right? But it, it went something along these lines. So... Okay, here's how it went. Uh, the two girls came to my door upset because one of them had a nosebleed. Okay? So what I yeah, did sure. was um, I ran one of them a bath to clean her up. Um, knocked her, I turned around and knocked her into the bath. And she accidentally drowned. Right? Uh, that's what happened. She accidentally drowned. And her sister got really upset. So in trying to calm her down, I accidentally strangled her. Um, as you do, of course. As you do. Oh, and it was a whole thing. And uh, in a panic, I took them to the woods and burned them. Oops. That was, pff, uh, honestly, it was uh, if I had just a nickel a whole, for every time. Honestly, it's happened to me three times this week. <laughs> but I, I just thought, you motherfucker. Yeah. Not only yeah. have you done this awful fucking thing, you then have to construct this fucking pathetic tissue of bullshit. Own it. Do you think that was, I mean, do you think that was for defense or was he trying to convince himself? Like, was, do you think he was like the kind of like, like, was he being like, this is just, like, people are totally going to buy this and get, going to get out of it. Or was he trying to convince himself he wasn't a bad guy? Now, nah, my, I mean, obviously I can never know for sure. But my read is that this was something he'd constructed with his counsel to try and uh, okay. mitigate gotcha. his, his sentence or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's other examples of this in life as well. Now I think about it. I used to be, as a, uh, you know, as a, as a teen in my 20s, a big fan of Pantera, right? The band Pantera. <laughs> Until the fucking day when Phil Anselmo, the lead fucking singer, was filmed at a concert, right? Walking to the front of the stage after the band had played their final number, shouting white power, hitting the fucking Siegheil salute Ooh. and walking off, Right. There's footage everywhere of him doing just that. He shouts, white power, and hits the fucking salute and walks off. And then, motherfucker, in the days to follow, tried to fucking blame it on, oh, I was having a joke with the other guys in the band. It was something to do with the kind of alcohol we were drinking. Not only are you a fucking Nazi, you know what I mean? But you you can't even own it. Own it, Phil, you motherfucker. And since then, I've never... I, I, I. I skip them all the time. I block that. I can't. I can't listen to the fucking band anymore. Yeah, that's... Uh, and that 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 means a. Uh, I don't know. Not for a second, please. If 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 it comes across in any way as I'm sounding owning your heinous acts is any kind of <laughs> doesn't you know, make it better. Yeah. It doesn't ameliorate a fucking thing. Right. But if you're gonna 
fucking commit to crossing that line if you're going to give in to these fucking urges and do it. I don't know. It fascinates me to hear, was it worth it? Did it, mm, did it, yeah. did it fix what was fucking wrong with you? Yeah. You know? Um, right. And, and, and lots of, lots of, <laughs> you know, lots of killers have, have, you know, helped me out and done just that. Um, mm, tell me about it. And you get a, you get a lot. I mean, depending on your reasons why the person has gone on to do this, um, the answers are really, really, really illuminating. A guy called John Christie, right? Um, a uh, serial killer from the UK committed his crimes in the, the kind of 40s and 50s, right? 1940s and 1950s. He talks of predestiny. Uh, quote, mm, my first okay. murder was thrilling because I'd embarked on the career I'd chosen for myself. The career of murder. You know? Wow. Started off by killing his wife. After she had gone, the way was clear for me to fulfill my destiny. Talks of predestination, you know, talks of it was always going to happen. So he went from his wife to strangers? Yes, yes, he did. Um, uh, sexual motives. Uh, How did he kill his wife? Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just curious because that's a that's a dangerous place to start, right? Like mm. most people, if you like, if you start with someone who you know, mm. then you know they're like, "Hey, did you kill her?" And then it's well, real hard to go commit other murders. We'll, watch we'll a lot get of on to line, you know. <laughs> well, Big Ed is 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 <laughs> well, the gold, yeah, gold standard. Uh, yeah. He started with his grandmother and then went from Her there. Grandmother, yeah. yeah. Um, but again, th those who open up on it talk. In, in ways that reveal their kind of their, their, their purpose for doing it, their motive for doing it. The self-awareness on display is huge. Um, a guy called David Allen Gore, who had lethal injection in 2012. Uh, and this is quite a long quote, so do forgive me. Um, but the self-awareness on display, all of a sudden I realized that I'd just done something that separated me from the human race and it was something that could never be undone. I realized from that point on I could never be like normal people. I must have stood there in that state for 20 minutes. I've never felt an emptiness of self like I did right then and I will never forget that feeling. Oh, it's incredible wow. to me. And it's weirdly, it's like... A weirdly relatable feeling, like I understand that, yes. right? The moment that you do anything that good or bad, up. that like, mm. yeah, like honestly, it could go either way, like mm. a fuck up for sure. But mm -hmm. anything that you like, you've done something that like cannot be undone and does it separates you yes. from other people in some yes, way. Yes, yes, yes. Um, especially if it has to be like secretive or something like that. Just that like feeling of being like. Mm. Oh, that's nothing. Nothing can now be the same. Everything has changed. That's, now. Yeah, that's the point of no return. That is, you know, we're we're beyond. I certainly not to the extent that he's talking about here, but it mm. is. I mean, he has talked about that in a way that I think everyone can at least to some extent go. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, I get. I get what he felt. Yeah, completely, completely. And on the exact flip side of that, you have mm. examples of killers talking about this that demonstrates such a fucking flinty, chilling amorality, you know, an absence of any kind of fucking uh, connection between what they've done and the effect it's had. Uh, you'll be familiar with uh, the name Ian Brady, right? Between him right. and his uh, his partner, Myra Hindley, they killed five kids in the UK in the 60s. Uh, he died in prison in 2017. And the way he talks about his crimes, the, the, the lack of empathy, the lack of 
understanding the lack of any connection to the humanity of what he's done. You know, to quote, we do whatever we enjoy doing. And whether it happens to be judged good or evil is a matter for others to decide. That's... And that I do not relate to. No. Thank (laughs) fuck. Yeah, right. I mean, how do you get in that Mm. mindset? You know, it's, it's, it's lack of empathy. It's... I mean, obviously, it's sociopathic. It's the, mm-hmm. like, not... But you... I guess, you know what? That is the thing. Being that sociopathic mindset of, like, just sort of play-acting humanity, that yeah, makes yeah, yeah. perfect sense of being, like, I, I don't have an opinion on this. Everything I do is me pretending to be a human. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a, it was fun at the time. Uh, mm. And everyone else can judge mm. that. Yeah, I guess that makes perfect chilling. sense. Chilling. It is so that. chilling. It is so chilling. Yeah. And then there's 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 others who are quite open about hey, this was this was fucking brilliant. I'm so glad that I've done this. It was it was just right. wish fulfillment. Um yeah. uh, Richard Ramirez, of course, the Night Stalker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> immediately after his capture, right, in conversations with the 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 sheriff who apprehended him. Quote, I love to kill people. I love watching them die. I would shoot them in the head and they would wriggle and squirm all over the place and then just stop. The guy, yeah. you know, just like it's Armin, just... I wanted to do this. I did. And it was great. Lock me yeah, up. And I, fe- I felt great about it. You know, that's yikes. Again, I mean, like I've said, the when killers like this open up, the insight mm. is incredible. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I find it incredible. I find it I find it I find it transfixing almost. And yeah. like I said earlier on, you know, the gold standard of, of murderers opening up about their crimes is, is, is Ed Kemper, who is universally acknowledged to have a towering intellect. Yeah. Um, time and time again gets referred to as like a really nice guy. <laughs> yeah, he reads you know? audiobooks for goodness sake. He does, sakes. he does, he does. Yeah. He's done a lot of work in, in uh, the field of psychology from prison, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ran an audiobook program for inmates. Um, yes, yeah, the kind of person who, if you didn't know he was a serial killer, you'd be like, yeah. oh, that's my friend. He's such a gentle giant. Yes, yes. And yeah. was adept at kind of fooling, I guess is the wrong word, but misleading the medical profession to the point where, you know, his first crime shooting his grandmother and grandfather was expunged from his record, was completely wiped from his records after after his first spell inside. Um, yeah. And so open about not just the mechanics of his crimes, and I'm not going to quote him directly because it's fucking horrible, um, but the fact that it was very sexually oriented, very sexually right. motivated. Yeah, um, yeah man. It's, uh, so, yeah, long story short, right? Yeah, there are lots of killers who talk at length about what and if they you did want, and why you they know, did it. Ed Kemper, you get to hear a lot of his words if you just watch Mindhunter. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well. Uh, the, the the guy playing Kemper in Mindhunter got nominated for an Emmy, I believe, for his performance because it was fucking great. Yeah, he's incredible. There was actually um, in the, like when the season two of Mindhunter was coming out and, you know, those annoying autoplay trailers that they do on Netflix. Yeah, sure. Um, they actually had a really good one that uh, instead of being like a trailer for the show, it was him talking about how he transformed himself into the role. And oh, you I love can, that. he like expressed, you could see him change 
physically and his voice and everything and yep. like how he did it. Yep. Um, and it is, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube, but it's really fascinating. Just an incredible, mm. incredible work. He's a, you know, he's a big guy and all this kind of stuff, but he's nothing like Ed Kemper really. Mm. <laughs> and uh, seeing him make that transformation and how he kind of got into it is a really, really worthwhile thing. What a tragedy that it looks like Mindhunter is dead. That's, that's <sighs> coming back anytime soon, if at all. It's so upsetting. I like... It's just, like, not now, Netflix. Not now. In it, yeah. <laughs> and they said, like, well, this is part of the thing with, like, Netflix never telling us who, how many people are watching anything or mm. stuff like that. So it, like, blindsides us because they're like, mm. yeah, it cost a lot to make and no one yeah. was watching it. I'm like, who wasn't? Everyone I know was watching it. Exactly, exactly. And everyone was watching it and everyone's loving it, really enjoying it. We were it. all talking about it. Like... Mm. <laughs> What do you mean? No one was watching the show, but you can tell me that bullshit because I can't see your numbers, Netflix, and yep. I do not buy it for one second. So, mm. um, I, I, I'm actually, I'm done with uh, reading quotes from killers now. I'm not going to do it anymore after this show. I've had my fill. I've absolutely <laughs> had my fill. Um, I asked the question. I've had the question answered. I'm done. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Should we? Should we maybe just talk to the end now? <laughs> <laughs> to quote Final Tap, a bit too much fucking perspective. <laughs> right on. Let's let's chat with Leanne. Let's do it. I want to start as we've been doing with a little expectations reality type thing here. What were you expecting of Scream, and was it what you expected going into it? Well, first of all, I think I thought it was. I know what you did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's valid. Brennan was like do you even know what this movie is about or have you ever like what do you think it's about and I was like well I know there's a girl on a phone and they're like I know you're there and he's like no I don't think that's I was like no that like a guy calls and he's like I know where you are so you thought it was I know what you did last summer but you also didn't really know the premise I of I know what you did last summer not I know where you are this summer. I know where you are right now. <laughs> I've seen your I'd day watch that. I would watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you thought maybe this was something about someone knowing where someone was, and that I was the there extent. there was a phone. I knew and there, there was, was a phone. phone call involved. At least one. At least one. Um, and teens, and I knew there was a group of teens. But that's literally, like, I think I'm thinking of, I know what you did last summer, but I have no idea what that movie's about either. Now I really want you to watch. I know what you did last summer. I probably will have to. Thanks a lot. So I have this friend, Becky, and I'll literally do anything Becky tells me to do. Nice. And she's like, like, she's really out there. Like, she was like, oh, great. Now you have to watch The Human Centipede. And I was like, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not the thing. It's a don't little bit really of an escalation. Don't take it from me. You fucking do not have to watch The Human Centipede. Just I saw a, the clip the scene in my break room at work like back when it came out and I was like traumatized for I was like how can I forget that for like five solid years so yeah don't want to watch that but like so Becky's like you know she'll see anything but Becky's been telling me I need to watch Scream because I love the 90s so much she was like you just like you just have to see it and so there was a lot of like background done to get me to the point of you texting me being like will you watch Scream and I was like for sure. And I was also yeah. relieved that, like, I didn't have to watch, like, Child's Play. Like, I saw you made Kristen watch Child's Play, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. 
Kristen That's had regrets lot. about it. It was Did it was she? a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have regrets about Scream? Tell me about your. No, no, I like it, and I, I actually might watch the rest of the. I like. I might. I know. I know. I well, and Brennan was like, Brennan was really happy when I watched it. Like he was, he was like, "This is probably like one of my favorite movies," yes. and I was like, "I have always just been like, we're not. I'm not going to go to that crazy <laughs> horror film place with you. Like you can have your own. Like literally, make a club for yourself to like fulfill that." <laughs> Um, <laughs> does, like, Mark, Mark, do you know? I vaguely, yes. So he's in a horror film club that he watches scary movies with other people who like scary movies because I'm so anti scary movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, because towards the end, I said something, and I don't want to like jump too far ahead, but I was like, well now we'll never know who it is so of course there has to be a second one and I literally don't even know that there's like four like I didn't know that <laughs> at that point and I was just like well of course it's not him now you now we'll never know and like Brennan was like yes she's been trapped like by like the thing <laughs> oh my gosh to believe I love so. that so much so tell yeah. me what you liked about watching Scream um okay I didn't actually like watching it this I is not like- the first time we've heard this like I didn't like yeah. watching it, but I'm glad I did. Or <laughs> yeah, I mean I think that is a recurring theme. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I so I was really hesitant to watch it, and then I was like, okay, well, and also like this whole time because I knew that I would be on the podcast, I was like really afraid that I would forget it. Like uh, so, like I like watched a recap today because I was just wow. like, gotta remember what happened <laughs> because I've Thinking tried to block this kind of stuff out of my mind for so like I just sprayed my mind with just like throw it away. Yeah. Um, but I I was gonna take notes and be like, oh, this is interesting, or this thought occurred, or whatever. But then, like, once we got through that first scene and Drew Barrymore is like hanging in her front yard, I just wrote down, my legs are numb, and I stopped <laughs> taking <laughs> I stopped taking notes. I think I took two notes, and the first note was, I really don't want to watch this, and then the second one was, my legs are numb. <laughs> that was the end of note taking and the rest okay. of the movie was just like okay so yeah I I think like I did enjoy watching it I enjoyed watching it with Brendan I did get into like I really didn't know who the killer was which is like that. um mm. usually I watch shows that are so predictable right because I want I cannot live in that place of not knowing what's going to happen at the end of whatever and so I mean I'm I watch like the dumbest tv because I cannot have that kind of mental stimulation coming at me (laughs) so I did enjoy that part it's just a lot something I'm really thank you something I'm really curious about right when I think of Scream I think of it as as being just this absolutely the most 90s thing around right it being such a product of its time with the fashions and the music uh did it hold up well through through the the kind of the 2020 vision uh or or did, or did it feel as though you were watching a film from fucking 30 odd years ago do, or, or, or do you know does, does it still feel relevant i guess is what i'm asking no yeah i i think it did and i think the thing that i probably enjoyed the most was that like even after i was like oh i'm gonna get like a choker for when i'm on the podcast <laughs> so that i can like <laughs> have like 90s makeup and like 90s fashion so <laughs> i like and it also brought back like obviously i loved all the like celeb 
everything and that's like the movie like I asked for and I was like isn't this like the movie that got David Arquette and Courtney Cox together Mm. okay yes you've got the the pop culture yeah and it's like yeah and so like I I'd always known like this iconic couple this is how they like fell in love but I'd never seen the movie because no you know so (laughs) that part was really I mean there was a lot of things where I was like oh yeah and I was able to put together all these like pop culture stuff yes from then Mm. and that happened like you know so it, it I think it really was still relevant and a nice little in the same way like time capsule mm. yeah, yeah 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 yeah. that's mm, a really cool. good point I'm always interested in the way that like watching something like this ends up filling in pop culture blanks you know yeah, when you realize yeah, like completely. yeah someone's been like people have been quoting this all the time and I didn't realize yeah. this or, you know, yeah I'm like, like the most likely person to be quoting a movie that I have no idea is a movie quote <laughs> that's um, true so and I was just like, oh, I just thought people said that. And they're like, no, there's like a very like real reason why people say this. But um, there was something else. Oh, I when I was watching it with Brennan, like I could tell also that there was a ton of horror film references mm-hmm. that um, I like I could tell they were referencing something else. And right. or like Scream Queens, like I watched Scream Queens huh. with my sister. Okay. But I I had no idea like why Jamie Lee Curtis was in it. Mm. Oh, uh, that's so fun! So Scream actually filled that in for you. Yeah, excellent. It's easy to forget that. just how how big a deal Scream was in a, in a from a cultural point of view. It it brought horror and slashes right back to the front of of consciousness. It brought Drew Barrymore back. It it, it kind of broke the template for movies for a decade or more, didn't it? It's, 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 you know, you can still feel its impact. So yeah, it's only, it's only right that it would fill in all of these little gaps retroactively. I think that's a lovely point. Yeah. So for me, there was a lot of that. And then also like the only horror film that I could pick up the reference was uh, the bad seed. And I was like, I've seen that one. That's the only one I've seen. (laughs) You've seen the bad seed. Yeah. Because the little girl looks like my sister. (laughs) she looks exactly like my sister and so and it's just like it is a scary one but it's not scary now and so then when I heard that I was like oh this is probably a really cool movie for people who love horror movies because it's this over and over and over and over and over again whereas I understood one reference (laughs) <laughs> but it's still even with like not necessarily getting the references did that feel like it hindered your enjoyment of it at all or were you able to kind of no like, I think it was it gave me a cool little view into the world of horror and almost like because because my aversion to horror and that kind of movies is because I thought that they were evil and bad and that I would probably mm-hmm. die if mm-hmm. I or go to hell if I watched them like now I'm able to see it as like, oh, this is like an interesting puzzle or formula or, you know, just how is uh, when people watch horror films, they're like, well, what's this person's take on it going to be? Mm-hmm. Or what's this person's, you know, approach going to be or something. And, and like if Scream is this like formula, like, I don't know, you said, Mark, you said it's a formula that like changed movies going forward. But I'm like, wait, <laughs> was it? is that what inspired this this genre of films or was it just like mocking the point of like this is how what every horror film is Mm. so i Um, yeah i mean there's there's 
I think everything everything that you can say about this has been said time and time again. So I'm not saying anything new, but it there's a lot of talk and scream about the rules, the rules of a horror movie, aren't they? You know, and it, it could be said that it's guilty of yeah, it's pointing the rules out, but then it does exactly the same. It just follows them. You know, it doesn't necessarily uh, do anything new, but it does kind of draw your attention to the formula of of, of how a horror movie goes. Um, uh, could it have done more with that? I, I, I've always thought that, you know, it's, it's one thing to show us all what the rules are, but then if you're just going to follow them, you're not doing anything particularly uh, groundbreaking with that. But, um, no, it, it, yeah, it, it, it certainly didn't invent anything, but it, it shone a light on it, I guess, and without wishing to sound like a complete tosser, is that, it, I guess, it was, it was postmodern, wasn't it? It, it kind of drew <laughs> the, the curtain back on the processes of what a horror film could be, I suppose. Yeah, and I guess like in that respect, like it it made it less scary for me and more of just like yeah. a a study of like, oh, this is what they're gonna do. And then of course you'll walk yeah. up the stairs or of course you'll do this, but then you still have that like, you know, jump factor or whatever. Yep. Right. Every time my throat is like really scratchy. So every time I go to talk, I'm like, oh, I can't speak. Um uh you said I, that I assume that you're probably just being poisoned. So yeah. it's a possibility. That's pretty clearly I mean, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite likely um anyways and looking at your looking at your video now somebody's going to rise up from behind the sofa yeah, yeah. see this well, is the reality i live in so i don't really like <laughs> watch movies because yeah. i'm just waiting for it to happen and i was just telling mark that last night i was sitting down the street and watched like my um like uh security light come on and the door open and close like the outside door or it closed and then opened. So yeah, who knows what evil entity is inside my house at this point. But on the note this of evil like, entities. This is like the rules. Like, this is the rules. Okay. I know, we sh- I should know exactly what's happening. So yeah, you're going to see it happen in here. Like uh, the guy in the van watching the party. Anyways, um, but you said that uh, the reason that like you didn't watch them was because it was like evil or whatever so mm-hmm. it was but you also said you're kind of a scaredy cat so what's the the balance of it being like I'm scared but also were you was the scariness coming from evangelical terrified of evil I think that I just like because I was grew grow like grew up evangelical um like <laughs> Mark's having an oh I see moment okay we didn't fill this part in here I didn't tell him that you are an ex-evangelical Oh, Corey just recently told me I look like I just released my latest Hillsong album, so. <laughs> Which means nothing to Mark, but. <laughs> I wasn't sure. They have Hillsong UK. All the, like, spirit world and all that kind of stuff is super freaky to me because when I was a kid, obviously, if you grew up evangelical, like, holy ghosts and people rising from the dead and. Yep, getting left behind and shit. All, yeah, all that spiritual stuff is, like, real. And yeah. so there's not a lot of information available. There actually is the only information available as far as like the devil and evil spirits and all that kind of stuff is, is like, well, don't mess with it because they'll come and get you. Right. So it, it was like, yeah, it's all spiritual and you only really want to mess with like the good spirits. Right. Who are more powerful, but we're also very scared of the bad spirits. So <laughs> I think when like my friends and everybody started getting into like, you know, whatever, like, I mean, we grew up in a very weird place, but like 
I was just very afraid of anything to do with the spiritual world and all of that. So, mm-hmm. so like horror well, movies were just a thing that was like opening up, just sort of like, you know, you were tempting things if you potentially, yeah, and I think you were letting also it I just in. Have like a really vivid imagination, mm-hmm. so like I have like really scary dreams that, you know, or I have lots of visions like I I was telling Brennan the other day like the gore and all that kind of stuff like like I don't know if it's like my anxiety manifesting or whatever but like sometimes and maybe you do this too when you're driving along maybe you don't um you just like imagine you opening the door and your foot coming out and just like and like have a very vivid image of your leg being ripped off yeah, there's a name totally. for that. I think there's 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 a name for that. I mine is well, if I'm if I'm driving along a motorway or something doing seventy or whatever, I'll vividly imagine what if I ripped up the fucking handbrake right now? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, and I mm-hmm. kind of play it out in my head. I'm sure there's yeah. a word for that. Something intrusive thoughts or something. Yeah, yeah, well, I, yeah. Intrusive thoughts for sure. Like, but like, so I constantly see my leg getting like ripped off, going ninety miles per hour. So <laughs> mine's a tree falling on my car as I'm driving. I vividly oh, imagine. Nice, nice getting smashed by a tree as I'm driving good one well and also another one of mine is smashing into a tree the way that Courtney Cox did in that movie like I constantly even even to this day like with the kids in the van or whatever I always see myself crashing into a tree so I'm like this is why I don't watch stuff like this because this is going in my mind all the time right it just gave you a, a further visual to the thing mm. you yeah. are already imagining yeah but I think I was just like uh, it was unknown and it was scary and like and I know for you and like Brennan Brennan was introduced to scary movies almost like I don't want to say like against his will but like they were just like on and around right. like and yeah. so and he and they scared him when he was a kid mm. and like there was just none of that like yeah, in my yeah there was no exposure at all it wasn't it wasn't even going to be around. Thank you, Leanne, for being willing to do that for us. Oh, uh, yeah. And I'm glad that it didn't it didn't scar you or anything in that way. But no, oh. it's interesting to hear your your take uh, coming from yeah the evangelical background and all that kind of stuff. And I can you know absolutely uh, mirror what Corey's just said. Huge thanks, and I'd say that to everyone who's done this the past the past you know the past two guests we've had who've done this because you don't you, you decide not to watch horror movies. It's always for a reason, isn't it? And in agreeing uh, to to confront that and to watch a scary movie on our behalf, I don't think that's any small thing. So nice job, and thank you very much. Thanks to Leanne for watching Scream for us. Uh, that was a that was a fun time. Uh, it felt like she enjoyed it. Yeah, I felt I I think that was a good choice for her. Mm. Um, obviously, that's been my tactic with mm-hmm. this: is find something I think the person will enjoy. Mm-hmm. You have a slightly different approach, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, regardless, uh, it was nice to to hear her perspective, and I love that uh, she did not know the difference between Scream and I know what you did last summer. That has periodically made me laugh mm. ever since. Yes, um, we've watched a couple movies. This week, we want to yeah. throw some wrecks out. Yeah, some, uh, yeah, some, well, some good ones, and some some wrecks. Some that was wrecks. the wrong movie at the wrong time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about She Dies Tomorrow. Yeah. Which I think, in a in a different mood, I would have eaten up, but it was mm. not the movie I wanted to see, and as a result, it just irritated me. So the premise, <laughs> uh, you related it. You you likened it to It Follows. Uh, mm-hmm. Quite accurately, I think the premise is um, a young lady 
is is beset by the certainty that tomorrow will be her last day on earth, that tomorrow she's going to die. And this idea becomes contagious. It becomes a mimetic fucking delusion, I guess you'd call right. it. That anyone in her sphere, anyone in her circle catches and then goes on to, to, to spread around their family and friends. Um, which on paper seems like quite a, a fucking right. page turner, you know what I mean? Quite a compelling idea, but it's more of a... Uh, what did you call it? You called it like a kind of a, a rumination on the idea, didn't you? Like a tone poem, Yeah, like a I meditation guess. on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, um, <sighs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it doesn't go anywhere. It does. It, do, it literally doesn't go anywhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> it ends and you're just like, oh. Uh, so did they... Oh, okay. uh, uh, all right. Um, yeah. If you like that kind of thing, I just, like, I don't even think I personally have a mood for that. That's just not really my kind of movie. Um, but if you do kind of like those, like, rumination meditation on, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> just, it was tiring to me. I was yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. If you it's like a films very that LA have, movie. It uh, feels like, it feels very LA and maybe that wears me out as well. It was yeah. If you if you like movies that have great idea but don't go anywhere at all, then <laughs> wait a second. That's the one for you. <laughs> On the other <laughs> hand, Haunt. Haunt. Uh, which I think, which I'm ticking off as a recommendation that you've made that I've seen, even though. Yeah, I know, think I was... recommended it like week two or three of this. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, not a Bloomhouse movie, but felt very Bloomhouse. Yeah, totally. Yeah, a uh, attractive and irritating car full of teenagers uh, decide to visit a pop-up haunted house on a motorway and regret the fuck out of that decision. Yeah. Uh, is yep. is my capsule summary. That's a very good, yeah, I feel great about that synopsis. Good. good. Um, well, go ahead, uh, what were your thoughts on it, Corey? A bit more depth. What do you think? Well, I already, I mean, I already talked about it on the podcast. Oh, did, it would simply be redundant. Now, never having listened to the podcast, I didn't, I you wouldn't. You have no idea. I wouldn't know about that. Um, no, I, I mean, I was telling you because I like it more than you You did. You enjoyed it, but not as much as I did. But yes. I think it plays to a lot of my sorts of, of fears um, in, in ways, including being trapped because they mm. cannot get out of this, um, including sort of people who, um, people who want to do harm for fun uh, yes. and including uh, also like just my very specific fear uh, that I told you of like when you're trying to make the choice between running away from someone, but checking to see where they are <laughs> and being in a spot where you never know where like the danger is going to come from. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff in this movie that genuinely like scares me and that mm -hmm. almost never happens when I watch something. Yeah. So I give it extra points for actually managing to get my heart rate up. It does kick in nicely at a certain mm -hmm. point in the film. You, it, there's a definite kind of gear change moment. Right. Um, if I were lazy, if I were a lazy man, I would say that somebody saw uh, Texas Chainsaw and Saw and thought, <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's yeah. weave these but two together. But you know, sometimes that, that may exactly be it, you know? Yeah. And, and I think there's that can be valuable that you're mm -hmm. inspired by a few things. And you're like, dude, but what if? <laughs> exactly, took yeah. These two concepts. Yeah. And just ratchet it, you know? Yeah. But hey, at least it had a beginning, a middle and an end. And it had protagonists who had a goal and they got there and there was threat and there was resolution, which is more than yep. you can say for she fucking dies tomorrow. Right. There's yeah. no fucking in the title if you're looking for it on Amazon. 
It's just no. she dies tomorrow. <laughs> um, or, or did she? We'll never know. Uh, that film we'll was the equivalent, know. right, of uh, a song fading out on a solo. Oh, I fucking hate that. <laughs> it's really annoying. Oh, I hate that. Get back here and finish your fucking song. <laughs> I really like that insight because it drives me crazy when that happens and I've never like it. articulated it before. Oh, I hate it. Oh, slow fade on a guitar. <laughs> Fucking what? <laughs> Finish your song. This has been... Are we done? Is that it? Are we done? I think we're done, right? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, sure. Um, Did we have more? I don't... Did we? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's just that that went, pretty, that went quickly. It did went. It did went quick. That's not grammar. <laughs> <laughs> the migraine kicking in. It did went quick. <laughs> it did went quick. <laughs> Do um, you have a story of your pet eating its young? If so, get in touch with mm. us on Twitter. There you go. Social media engagement. Way. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever eaten your own child? <laughs> Out of stress. <laughs> uh, someone startled you and you ate your baby. Tell us about it. <laughs> or don't, you know. Because we'll be legally bound to inform the authorities. Bad idea. Um, but if you do want to tell us about such things, hit us up at Jack of All Graves on Twitter. Um, and make sure that you leave us some cool-ass five-star ratings on the mm -hmm. iTunes. Because mm -hmm. um, we enjoy that. And leave a review if you have a couple minutes. Because you have no idea how much we enjoy yep. seeing those. Um, we found out that the iTunes store in the UK and America are different. So we yeah. pull them up and read them to each other from our <laughs> spots. Uh, so feel free to write a review and absolutely make our day uh, because it yeah, definitely it, does. It um, does. And as, uh, as always, share us with your creepiest friend. Uh, tell whatever weirdo talks about death at the party that he should listen to Jack of All Graves and spread the love. So... Uh, that's all I, I was going to say to them, but but cut that out. Cut that stupid noise. I just I'm not out. cutting that. I'm I'm putting that. Oh, in. come on. <laughs> the thing is, I'll never know. Then. I'll never fucking know, will I? You'll never know. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> <laughs>